0: wake up west georgia it's time for the podcast powered by coffee and mountain dew the morning five with bryce sparling and billy lindahl good morning west georgia welcome into to the morning five podcast today is thursday march 23rd and as always it is brought to you by the parian lawyers nobody wakes up thinking man i hope i hire a lawyer today but hey Big results. Today is National Chips and Dip Day. Uh, Chips and dip is one of the all-time best. You know, you can even make a meal out of it. It's definitely a, an amazing snack. But I can even go as far as say, as you can make a meal out of it if you want to, like an artich- artichoke dip. Uh, big fan of you know, like the um, what is it? The onion? What is it? Cream cheese and onion? Is that is that the type of dip? I love that with a little ruffles. And then you go to a Mexican restaurant and you get the tortilla chips and the salsa. You know, that's Chips and Dip. Chips and Dip is probably the most versatile, like, snack or even, you know, I, I would say it's a meal. I would say you could go with a meal. Uh, I like the Fritos and peanut butter. That's not really classic Chips and Dip, but it does fall into the Chips and Dip category. So I'm a big fan of that. A huge fan of Chips and Dip. Uh, any type of that, like, cheese dip, stuff like that is phenomenal. It's you know you can you can use it in so many different ways and you can bring it to so many different things. It's always a win. Like if you're going to a party or something, doesn't matter what the occasion is. If you bring some sort of good chips and dip, then it's all it's almost always a win. People love any types of chips and dips. So that is probably the most versatile food I think I can uh, I think you can think of right now is you can bring it to anything. Everybody loves it. Doesn't really matter what type of dip it is. Uh, people will eat it up. I love chips and dip. I am here for chips and dip today. What I'm not here for is the horrendous effort last night from the Hawks. Once again on the road, they fall to the Timberwolves, one twenty five to one twenty four. They're below five hundred again. This is the most frustrating team I think I've ever watched. If I feel like it's more frustrating than last year, they are they are the antithesis the antithesis of mid. Uh, one game below five hundred now, thirty six to thirty seven. It's crazy because the points they allow, 117.6, and the points they score, 117.6. And like in their last 26 games, are 13-13. and 13. They, they are the most mid-team I think I've ever watched in my entire life. It's frustrating every single time I watch this team because half the time they do what they did last night and poop the bed in the fourth quarter and can't come up with a win. They were ahead by 11 points with eight minutes left last night and couldn't come up with a win. It's it's just mind blowing, and then sometimes they'll come out like they did against the Pistons. Now the Pistons are poo. I understand that, but they come out like they look against the Pistons and just just starch them, just kill them. And it's it's frustrating to watch. It's frustrating to try to talk about because I try to come in here and and be positive, but there's just there's just so many negatives to this team. It's so frustrating. Uh, uh, Trey had 29 points and eight assists last night. Not a good not a good night for Trey. Played okay in the first quarter. That was about it. I think he went like two for 12 two-point shots. The the floater wasn't there. The shot wasn't there. Um, Had a bunch of turnovers last night. Had six turnovers. It's very uncharacteristic of Trey. He went six for 16 on the floor. Three for four for three-point. That's great, but I want to see Trey taking more of those. 14 for 16 from the line. Also great, but that is really the only part of Trey's game that was working last night. Uh, John Collins had 16 points. DeAndre Hunter had 16 points. Sadiq Bay played okay, came in, uh, hit some big threes, did have three monumental turnovers. Aaron Holiday probably had his best game as a hawk, I would say, last night uh, with the injuries that we had. He had four points, which isn't going to pop out, but he had seven assists in only 16 minutes. Uh, So that was really nice to see from Aaron Holiday kind of playing in that role. A.J. Griffin looked off again, only four points, not great. Uh, Onyeka Okongwu, though, I feel like he has skyrocketed in the past probably three weeks for the Hawks. He played really well last night. 14 points, uh, six assists, and three blocks, or excuse me, 14.7 rebounds, and three blocks last night and only 19 minutes. And he would have played more, uh, but he did get into foul trouble. Had five fouls. John Collins and DeAndre Hunter also in foul trouble. They both had five. A lot of that was due to Ben Taylor, who is arguably the worst ref I would say in the NBA, I hate Ben Taylor. Anytime I see his name on the list of, of guys who are going to ref a Hawks game. I know it's going to be a long, miserable game because he is probably the worst ref in the NBA. He was the crew chief last night. The third or the uh, third quarter was almost unwatchable just from a basketball fan point of view, because of how many fouls they called and because of the choppiness of the game. It was rough to watch. Uh, We couldn't hit a shot in the fourth quarter. Couldn't get a shot in the fourth quarter. Couldn't buy a shot. We had a BS foul. John Collins, quote-unquote, fouled uh, Carl Anthony Towns there in the last waning seconds of the game. That was BS. Uh, and then it, there was a no-foul call on Sadiq Bay on the last shot of the game, which with the pool review after the game came out, and they said it was a foul. Uh, Torian Prince did foul Sadiq Bay. They didn't call it on the floor. It, it's just it's frustrating to watch this team. 123 defensive rating. Uh, that's complete poo. I think we had a 155 defensive rating in the first quarter, which which is horrendous. 17 turnovers on the night. Minnesota had 24 points off of 17 turnovers of the Hawks. That's that's sort of your game right there. I mean, that's that's sort of the game right there. You have 17 turnovers, and, and, and they score 24 points off of them. Uh, pretty, shot pretty horribly from the field. I, in the offense, you score 124, you think the offense played well, but it was... I mean, outside of the first quarter and and for parts of the third quarter, the offense was just awful. The starting lineup, the starting five outside of the first quarter, pretty lackadaisical, pretty awful. Um, the, the the I think the bench had a positive plus minus, and the starters had negative plus minus. Honestly, it boils down to Trey playing terribly for three quarters. He played well in the first quarter, uh, and then and then played pretty bad in the second, third, and fourth quarter. Um, it, you know, and, and Brad Roland keeps saying it's not a bad loss because it's a, it's it's on the back end of a back-to-back. It's, a, it's an away game. I think we were like three-and-a-half, four-and-a-half point uh, dogs on the road last night. So, you know, I, I hear this a lot from Brad Roland talking about it's not, it's not a bad loss, and I guess he's right. I don't know. It, it's just a frustrating loss. Right now we're a game ahead of Toronto and Chicago in the loss column. But, I mean, r- right now they're, at, they're both at 38 losses. We're at 37. We're three back of Miami. I don't think we're going to catch them. Not the way the, the, the rest of the schedule kind of breaks down. I believe we have the sixth, the hardest schedule remaining in the NBA. And, honestly, we, we haven't shown that we can beat teams that we shouldn't beat. Hell, we can't even beat teams we should beat sometimes. Uh, I think we're going to kind of wallow at that 500 point until the season ends. If we do finish in that eight spot that we're in now, um, luckily that is a double elimination. You don't want to get that 9 10. 9 10 is single elimination and you have to win two games. Uh, if you're in that 7 8, it's double elimination and you only have to win one game to get into the playoffs. So I, I don't know. We'll, we'll see. We'll see what the Hawks look like. I think there's nine games left. So coming down to it. And we, uh, we have the Pacers on Saturday. We have another back to back, a home back to back, luckily though. This weekend, Saturday, Sunday, Indiana, and Memphis is who we got back-to-back home. So, you know, I'd love to win both of those, but I'm not going to hold my breath. Uh, The Braves yesterday beat the Tigers 5-3. Orlando Arcia, the Braves' opening day starting shortstop, had uh, four RBIs last night. Three of them came on a monster home run shot. Great to see from Orlando Arcia making the most of his opportunities. And who knows if he plays well enough. Brandon Sh- uh, Braden Shoemaker and Von Grissom might not see the MLB this year uh, until the expanded rosters happen later in the year. Uh, but Orlando RC is showing out yesterday. Hilliard added in an RBI as well. A- and the big note of the day was Mike Soroka or Michael Soroka. I'm going to call him Mike, whatever. Uh, Mike Soroka goes an inning in a third, giving up one earned run in 1K. The biggest thing about Mike Soroka's outing last night, though, zero injuries, no injuries from Mike Soroka. Always phenomenal to see out of, out of Mike Soroka because that's the that's the one concern you have for Soroka. Go out there and be healthy. I know that's sort of the mo of the entire spring training for the Braves is we don't want any injuries. Go out there, pitch well, play well, whatever. I don't care. You'll figure it out in the regular season, but just don't get injured. Just be healthy for Opening Day, and we can make our way with progression. Throughout the season, and Soroka did that. Soroka went, like I said, Indiana third, only gave up one earned run. I believe he gave up two runs, but one of them was unearned. Uh, but no injuries, no injuries. That's the best thing. Yeah, he gave up. He gave up two runs, three hits, one earned, one walk, one K. Uh, but no injuries, and I think he was topping out somewhere around ninety-five on the um, on the uh, on the gun. So nice to see from Soroka. I hope he keeps rehabbing. I'd love to see, I've said this before, I'd love to see a full 162 with Soroka where he's healthy. See what he's capable of and see what he can do for this Braves rotation uh, with a with the healthy-ish 162. I know you're not going to get an entire season of a pitcher being completely healthy, but it would be nice to, be, nice to see him You know, go about 95% of the season uh, being healthy. Uh, the Kyle Sandy All-State team was released a couple days ago, and we had a couple girls on it from our area. In 7A, guard Agosa Abasui from Carrollton Sr. was honorable mention. Uh, She battled injury, I know, all season long this year, and sort of that was the MO for the entire Carrollton girls basketball roster. Uh, They had a bunch of injuries this year and kind of battled it all year. Never really, in my opinion, reached where they should have gotten, uh, reached where their potential was. I know they lost some kids to graduation last year from that supremely talented girls team from last year. Uh, and then this year they dealt with injuries that felt like every single week i was texting your good friend matt skinner and it's like oh this girl's injured this girl's injured this girl's injured uh so an uphill battle for those uh, Carrollton trojans this year on the girls side but it goes to abasui getting honorable mention uh, honors in 7a state from mr kyle sandy and then in class single a division one sophomore ford mckenna nicks gets honorable mention as well this young lady uh, is a, is a fireball with an upper trajectory. She has already hit a thousand career points as a sophomore, so she's aiming towards that two thousand uh, career points by the time she is a senior. You know, she can go inside, she can go outside. Great defender. Um, yeah, I mean, a, a sophomore getting All State honorable mention for Kyle Sandy is pretty amazing. So I can't I can't wait to see what she brings to the table next year out there at the Temple Tigers. And honestly. That entire basketball program of girls and boys next year for the Temple Tigers should be phenomenal because they have so many players returning. It's going to be fun to watch them. And then in Class A Division II, Zoe Holland, guard out of Mount Zion, Carrollton Sr., gets second team honor. Zoe Holland in uh, that whole squad, as you remember, a magical run this year in the playoffs, taking their team all the way to the Final Four down in Valdosta. Followed that team for a lot of their playoff run. They were phenomenal. Zoe Holland was great. The defense, the offense, the senior leadership she showed uh, was amazing. It was it was an honor to call that team, cover that team for the entirety of the playoff. And Zoe Holland, another thousand point scorer in our area, uh, was the main sort of engine for that team. So congratulations to Agosa Abasui, McKenna Nix, and Zoe Holland. For making uh, you know all honorable mention for Gosa Abasui, McKinnonix, and second team All State for Zoe Holland from the Kyle Sandy, uh, you know All State girls team. We will have the Kyle Sandy All State boys team sometime next week. I was talking to him yesterday about when the boys team would come out, and that should come out sometime next week. On the Marine South scoreboard from last night in baseball, Villarica beats Midtown twelve to one. Villarica is rolling right now. They are playing very very well. I would not be surprised if they won that region. I think they're the best team in that region. I wouldn't be surprised if they won it. Carrollton falls to Campbell 9-5 last night in baseball, and then Bowden at Christian Heritage. That game was canceled, and I'm not 100% sure why. They never really gave an answer. Um, so so the, the tweet they put out said, a little delay to start of region play for us. We are working with Christian Heritage and Umpires to find a rescheduled date. Stay tuned. And the graphic they put out said canceled with rain on it, but I didn't rain anywhere in Georgia yesterday. It was gorgeous. Um, So I'm not sure why that game was canceled, but they will be working to reschedule it. It's a region game, so they have to play it. In the cross last night, Carrollton girls were at Kennesaw Mountain. Don't have a score for that one right now. On the Smiths floor coverings, games, and events calendar for today, in baseball, Mount Zion is at home versus Pebblebrook at 5.30, and Bremen is at Ringgold at 5.55. In soccer, Bowden is at Genesis Innovation. That doesn't sound like a school. That sounds more like a company. Uh, Girls at 5 p.m. and boys at 7 p.m. And over in lacrosse, McKeachern is at Bremen, boys at 7, and Hillgrove is at Carrollton, the boys at 5.30. I need another cup of coffee because once again, I forgot to make my coffee last night, pre-make it, and I made it this morning. Haven't had enough of it. Another cup of coffee brought to you by Realtor Hannah Strong with Robert Goolsby Real Estate Group. The Raiders reach a deal with former Falcons tight end Austin Hooper. I think Austin Hooper can provide a lot for that Raiders team. Raiders team now being captained by uh, Jimmy Garoppolo. Jimmy Garoppolo, the uh, the quarterback out there. Hooper last year was with the Cleveland Browns, and he signed a one-year, six-million deal with the Titans before the 2022 season. Uh, It'll be interesting to see what Hooper can do. I don't think he's ever really produced what people thought he was going to produce. I know up in Cleveland they were super excited about him, but he just never seemed to, I don't know, never seemed to reach the potential that he could. He had three touchdowns with the Browns in 2021 and two touchdowns with the Titans in 20, uh, 2022. So never, never, I, th- I thought when he was with Atlanta, I thought he could turn into like a premier tight end. Uh, you know, when it was with Atlanta, he had 787 yards and 660 yards in 19 and 18, uh, six touchdowns and four touchdowns respectively, but never really has produced that. So we'll see if Austin Hooper can do something out in Vegas this year. Still 28, still young. So still got time to produce. The MLB is making small changes to the pitch clock rule. Uh, If anybody wants to see the rule, just go look it up on ESPN. There's a bunch of them, Uh, but it's just small tweaks. Nothing that's going to change anything drastically. Uh, One of the ones I saw in there was like on brushback pitches and big swings, quote unquote, which either knock equipment out of the place or land a player splayed out on the ground. This is their wording. Umpires will delay the start of the pitch clock, and if the clock operator starts it early, they will have the ability to wave off the timer. So that's a good thing. Uh, there's also new standards will be enforced for bat boys and bat girls, whose ability to quickly retrieve the equipment will help efforts to speed up the game, according to the memo. The league will evaluate the performance of bat girls and bat boys and could ask teams to replace them If their performance is considered substandard, can you imagine a memo coming down from MLB brass and be like, listen, listen, guys, your bat girls and your bat boys performance is not up to snuff. They're going to start recruiting and having combines and stuff for bat boys and bat girls. Be Like, listen, this 40 time you ran from the dugout, to get the bat and back to the dugout it's not quick enough sorry sorry about it (laughs) you have to get out of here (laughs) what an absurd crazy thing to put in there i don't i've never seen a bat girl or a bat boy just sort of walk i've never seen a game delayed because of a bat boy or a bat girl it's just just an odd thing to put in that memo so if you want to go read all of them i think there was about seven or eight of them go go check it out on espn uh, the Jets add McCole Hardiman and trade Elijah Moore to the Browns. More moves being made by the Jets. It seems like the trade for uh, Aaron Rodgers is inevitable and will happen at some point. They keep adding weapons. I think the Jets are going to be good in the AFC, but I, honestly, if if they have a healthy Tua in Miami, I think the Jets are the third best team in that division. So obviously getting uh, getting Aaron Rodgers is a big upgrade but I, that division is a murderer's row, man. And I think even if they get even if they get Aaron, they're the third best team in that division. The GHSA sets protocols for video review in football championship games. Thank goodness this is something that needed to happen a while ago. Uh, they finally got it done. They have set perimeters for it. We are going to have a video review in football championship games now that we are moving to the bins, That's great. I love to see it. Obviously, you can't have a video review in every single game. I wouldn't want it in every single game, but would just, it'd make it too long because not all facilities that high school football is played in has the ability to do that. But when you're at, you know, the Mercedes-Benz Dome, that's obviously has the capabilities and the technology to have replay. Let's go ahead and implement it. A lot of the other states around us have good job on the GHSA to set those protocols and have video review in football championships. Uh, Blackhawks won't wear pride warmups over security concerns. Uh, So this was kind of interesting. I was reading this article yesterday. Uh, The Chicago Blackhawks will not wear pink, or excuse me, will not wear pride-themed warmup jerseys before Sunday's Pride Night game against the visiting Vancouver Canucks because of security concerns involving a Russian law that expands restrictions on activities seen as promoting LGBTQI plus rights in the country. Uh, In my opinion, I say to hell with the Russians. Let's do whatever we want to do. I don't care about any law they have. I don't really care about anything Russia does. The Blackhawks have worn Pride warm-up jerseys previously and have donned special warm-up jerseys on some other theme nights this season. So to hell with the Russians. Let's do whatever we want to do and uh, not concern ourselves with what Russian law has or what the Russians want us to do or what they don't want us to do. Um, I kind of see this as a you-know-what move. And that's not something that hockey is known for. Wear whatever you want to wear, promote whatever you want to promote. And to hell with the Russians. That's what I say. Uh, Foster Moreau is stepping away from the NFL after a cancer diagnosis. You hate to see this young man. I believe he is only 26 or 27. Uh, I know he's. I know he's a younger guy. And he uh, 25. Excuse me. He's even younger than I thought. The free agent was diagnosed following a physical conduct. Uh, a physical conducted by the New Orleans Saints medical staff. Morrow visited the Saints in New Orleans and also visited the Cincinnati Bengals last week as part of the free agency process. I uh, hate to see this man. He, he got diagnosed with Hodgkin's lymphoma. So, uh, you know, T's and peas to him and, and that young man's family. And today in 1994, the great one nines Wayne Gretzky sets the NHL goal scored with 802 goals, which is absurd. And if I'm not, If I'm not wrong here, even if you removed those 802 goals scored, Wayne Gretzky would still be the all-time points leader in the NHL, just purely off his assists. Dude is, in my opinion, Wayne Gretzky is the only undisputed GOAT in all of sports. Every other sport has different people that are arguing different GOATs. Hockey has Wayne Gretzky. That's it. He is the GOAT of hockey. The be-all, the end-all, point-blank period. So... He is, uh, he's nines. He's the goat. He will forever be the goat in hockey. That's it for today's edition of TM5. I am Bryce Sparling, and we will see y'all tomorrow. Same time, same place. Shake your neighbors! Just shake them! Shake your neighbors!